welcome to the Keen on Yoga podcast, bringing you the stories of many people who in various ways are attempting to walk the path of yoga. Our intention is to inspire your own practice and commitment to yoga beyond the mat and in all areas of life. We consider this an offering, a service to the community and labour of love. If you feel inclined, any donations are appreciated, just visit our page and click the donate button at www.keenonyoga.co.uk forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Today's guest for the second time on the Kingdom Yoga podcast is Alex Medin. Today, I especially, however, wanted to focus on his more recent work in his native Norway, where he's established a highly successful charitable project called Back in the Ring. Back in the Ring brings yoga to prisoners, many of those serving long-term sentences, as well as offering them help, training, and even upon release, work at his hotel, Norsen, I probably said that wrong, in the Norwegian fjords. The project was started by Alex in 2015 and has been so successful they have now received funding from the government and expanded the teaching team to almost all the prisons in Norway and now even the ex-prisoners are teachers as well. So Alex himself has led a checkered life in fact and in his early years he spent he, he spent some time in prison and then he became a boxer and finally a Norwegian champion boxer then trained as a professional dancer using his savings from his years in crime and finally ended up becoming a teacher of Ashtanga, which is where we know him now. And he's taught for over 20 years at this point. In 2002, he became certified, in fact, by Vitabi Joyce, which is still a rare accolade. But while spending time in India, Alex, who never just rests, studied and achieved a master's degree in Sanskrit. And, he, and he's translated the Yoga Sutras and the Bhagavad Gita to Norwegian, as well as producing a well-known translation of Krishnamacharya's Yoga Makaranda. So I've I've known Alex for a while now, and Alex, more than anyone, I've appreciated his intense individuality and just unfathomable energy. He's truly someone trying to live a life in yoga and to the highest level. So that involves inquiry and self-reflection, which really comes through as, as one continuous thread, I feel, that links all Alex's incarnations together. So welcome, Alex, to the second time. Alex Medin to the Keener Yoga podcast and I'm um, very pleased to have you on this episode particularly discussing Alex's charitable work with um, Back in the Ring and um, his work with yoga and uh, addiction uh, etc so welcome Alex. Thank you Adam very nice to yeah. be here. It's lovely to have you again and um, I wonder if you could just give a better description than I just did of the work that you're doing now and currently in Nor- Norway. Uh, yeah, well, uh, in sh- the short, you know, back in the ring, it's like a organization that try to provide uh, yoga and um, uh, well, okay, so we we do we do so many things, but to keep it short, uh, we use yoga and the principles of yoga to help people with addiction and people who've been to prison to kind of build up their life again and pick themselves up and see that they can be active contributors of society rather than live on the fringes and kind of um, get caught up in very destructive Mm. patterns for themselves Mm. and others. How did you start that? Like, how did you get into it? And what were the, I mean, I know, well, 
like you've been on the scene on the yoga scene for a long time we had a little chat beforehand about how you were traveling doing the normal thing of the workshops and the teachers you know teacher trainings and you know different kind of normal yoga things for someone who's certified as you are um you know what motivated you to come home back to sweden and to start this and, and how did you start just to paint a first, broader picture first of, of all i'm from norway and that's the neighboring country to sweden Sorry, I know you're from that's Norway. That's okay. <laughs> no, Alex, sorry. I but, know you're from But Norway. I lived in Sweden for many years, so that's maybe okay. why I got confused. I lived in Sweden. <laughs> no, no, complete slip. <laughs> for, for seven, seven years. But uh, despite of that, um, you know, I grew up and uh, had a relatively good life till I was about 15, 16. I mean, came from a poor background and stuff, but still life was okay. And then at the time I was about 15, 16, I got involved uh, with uh, some drugs and, you know, the police. And I spent some time in, in prison and things like that. Uh, luckily, mm. I had a very good boxing teacher that saw me. <laughs> guided me and demand, demanded some focus and he was able to help me kind of channel my el energy. So uh, you actually went to prison? Yeah. I didn't I realize time. that. Oh, no, no, I spent time in prison. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So this actually comes from like from deep within this, this whole yeah. thing you're doing now, right? Like and, from your and own this, yeah. yeah and, wow. and, and the thing like when you spend time in prison, like, in, and I was incarcerated for, you know, when I was young, I would, be caught by the police and sometimes they keep me in custody for 24 48 hours or longer trying to force some proof out of me or whatever but they, they couldn't really keep me that long you know there were like laws and regulations when you were under 18. Uh, it got stricter of course if there was a more serious offense but uh, i remember every time when you're locked down and you you are on just what it's like in a, a plane a kind of custody cell waiting to get into the to the bigger prison uh, before you you have to go to court you you're in a very small cell and it's just a concrete floor and you have a little hole in the corner where you can make a pee and and in one point i would spend 100 hours in a cell like that and when you're only like 16 17 years old mm. it does something to your mind i mean Either mm. you freak out or you become very hard. And I became that later. I became a bit hard and, you know, said, I'm, I'm not going to surrender to these people. But but still, uh, this hard, you know, outer armor or shell on the inside, I was totally miserable, confused, lonely, and lost. And I'm, I remember that feeling very well of feeling lost inside the prison many times and desperate but then i would like do a lot of push-ups or work up just to kind of keep away the the feelings or you know try to uh, you know get get sidetracked into to something and uh, that feeling of of desperation of being lonely uh, and left by yourself and kind of having no tool to to get out of your your mind and you felt just like trapped in your mind with mm. thoughts and worries and troubles and worrying about you know your friends and, and stuff that had happened and um i when 
many years later, you know, I was lucky. I, I moved to Sweden when I was 18 and I got away from that whole scene. And, you know, um, but, but, but still, I, I carried this kind of inner trauma with me in a way of, uh, of feeling lost and a little lonely and didn't, never really well, felt I. Mm. Sorry, did you have two questions that arise? Do you find okay. a point? Do you did you trace it to a point when it started? A feeling that started you on that bad track, and what and what was the point that switched when you said I got out of it? Well, I mean, you know, many people don't. There must have been well, a moment when you just thought to yourself, yeah. "This is going to change," or, or you know, what was that? You know, so how did you cut? How did you enter it, and how did you exit it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, the the entry into it is a slippery slope, yeah. and the and the right. exit right. too is a very you know depending on many circumstances. But the the, the turning point for me when you it's like when I got introduced to some drugs and started taking drugs and also started crossing some borderlines when what comes to like an acceptable life in society. I started you know stealing things uh, you know in in from from various shops i i it only just started very uh, silly you know like with stealing bikes and stealing cars and stuff like that and then we started breaking into shops at night and it ended up that i i became very good at blowing safes you know so i became specialized <laughs> oh in dynamite <laughs> opening safes and so i i you know that's how i financed my first year at the ballet academy in sweden i came home came there and just kind of uh, with a lot of cash and paid for my but you know despite of all that there are many funny sides to the story too um of things we have done which which was was a ballet safe crazy floor. No, but that was before. I was a box, uh, boxer before that. Your boxer, and then <laughs> just by yeah. But but anyway, um, the the reason why I got out was primarily one thing that I moved from away from Norway, and I moved from a lot of my friends, uh, right. and I didn't keep so much contact with them. And the other mm. thing was that I was training boxing, so I had it. I had to be fit because I was doing tournaments and things like that. Uh, and the other thing is like when I was 20 years old, I got a son and I didn't want him to visit his father in prison. So I was very like adamant and deliberate. Okay, now it's enough. And unfortunately, a lot of my friends from that period, they continue and some of them did a lot of armed robberies. They robbed, robbed banks. They robbed uh, money transports. They mm. And they all got caught up in prison. And a few of them... You know, got caught up on heavier drugs and became heroin mm. addicts. Some of them got uh, died. Some of them got stabbed, and some of them ended up just living a very mm. tragic life. And when I moved back to Norway, you know, I had the privilege of living in Sweden then from basically eighty-seven to two thousand and you no know, to ninety-six, mm. uh, and then I later moved to England and then Asia yeah, and then. Yeah. When I came back to Norway in 2009, I was very happy just helping out teaching yoga um, in, in a yoga studio where I was part of Onripuru Yoga in, in Oslo. And we developed a very nice community there. And I was teaching Maiso style every day. And I was also, since I was certified in 2002, I had some invitation to go abroad. But 
that didn't really appeal to me because every time I went abroad teaching and, you know, I lived in Hong Kong mm. for many years and they tried to, you know, uh, portray me as like master of yoga. And it, I felt it was so ridiculous because I, I knew how little I knew and how much it takes to really go into the depths of something. Um, so, so I didn't want to, I just felt, it felt very, it didn't feel satisfying to me being like a celebrity yoga teacher trying around, trying to, uh, to be somebody or trying to just make money off yoga. So I, I, when I moved back to Norway in 2009, I just wanted to stay in Oslo and wanted to serve my community there. Uh, and I was actually very, very happy and developed a very good Mysore program in, in Oslo. Mm. And then mm. around 2011, I, I contacted some people in the in a prison called Ila, where a lot of the long-term sentences are. And I just offered my services once a week for free. And then it was twice a week. And then it started more. And a lot of the guys inside had a long year yearning to learn more about yoga and the reason why i wanted to bring yoga to the prison was of course because i knew that when i was in prison if i have had that tool if i had that method i could have spared myself from many you know negative moments later and being uh, careless and reckless with people you know it, it would have taught me a, a much softer approach to life you know, to me, it take, took me, you know, 10 years in, in, in the ballet world, uh, being beaten of, of never feeling good enough. And then another, you know, uh, 20 years in the yoga world <laughs> to kind of uh, turn you, sweat your body, yeah, yeah turn your body out, inside out. And then, you know, I just, to me, it was, I, I wanted to share what I had and what I've learned. And I, um, that's how... Uh, gangster yoga started that's what it was called in the prison but then in 2013 uh, i started this program for drug addicts uh, and okay uh, and how i mean do you on, want on a practical on a practical note how how do you start it like what do you actually do when you're in there like how does it like I, for me i'm just okay. kind of thinking when you walk in there like okay mm -hmm. so when you're okay. saying you're sharing the yoga with them when you're saying you're okay. going into like what does that look like for people that you well, know, well, depends on if you if you are a in a high security prison or a more kind of open prison, it's more liberal and, and, and easier. But if you're in a high security prison, like you walk through at least ten to fifteen locked doors uh, before you actually get into the very room where you're teaching yoga, and sometimes there's guard, and other times you ask the guard to leave, and I'm just along with the guys and um. In the beginning, you know, I, I, I think why uh, it became popular and why we succeeded was probably because I, I, I told my story to the guys pretty soon. And I told them, look, guys, I've been doing time as well. I know how you feel because in prison, there's a very tough mentality. And like I, uh, I also used to be a boxer and I had a kind of hard surface and, and I know how lost people feel behind that and i know a lot of people inside they just lift weights and they're trying to be tough and hard but on the inside they're very lost and lonely uh, and i just try to you know play with that 
attitude in the beginning of being cool and being, <laughs> you know, uh, silly. And then after a mm. while, I would do my best just to break down those barriers and help them to feel our kind of shared humanness. Uh, and and mm. to and what gangster yoga is really about is for first of all is like if you got the balls to do it, and then if you dare to lower your guard and take in life. And some people are very hungry for that. Some people are not mature enough to do it. And, and they kind of, they don't really bother. But for those who, who I mean, there's some people that I uh, work with in prison that are now working as full-time yoga teachers. Right. Uh, that was one of, of my questions. <laughs> very, right. yeah. very, yeah. very yeah. stimulating Fantastic. to see that yeah. these guys yeah. are now offering their services to, to society, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, with the back in the ring, uh, sorry. What are you actually? Are you, sorry, I was going to say. I mean, so you're you're just how are you teaching them? Are you do you start with just the primary series? Or okay. Like, I mean, you get to kind of sit down and kind of talk. Okay, guys, let's crack open the back of a guitar, have a study. You know, like, <laughs> no. like yeah. what does it look? I mean, let's no, say, but, what does it look yeah. like? And the other thing is, like, I mean, it kind of is on my mind. Is I mean, like, you're dismissing the guard, and now I mean, you must have had some risky moments. It sounds. Sounds quite courageous uh, of you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, a few times there's been a few, you know, hiccups between some of the inmates, but we all yeah. always able to yeah. solve that, you know, so that's not a, not a big problem. If you, if you dare to kind of, yeah, just kind of be strict and, 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 and clear with people. Um, but how I actually teach them is, you know, first, I, I basically try to lie them down on the floor and relax okay. and breathe. And just get in contact with the breath. And I'll do some very soft, gentle stretching exercises to just calm down. Because a lot of them, they're full of stress and tension and irritation and, and fatigue, you know, from just kind of mm. being disconnected from themselves mm. and others. So I'll focus on just the breath, keeping it easy, just very relaxed. And after about maybe 15, 20 minutes of this soft, gentle exercises i i normally start the sun salutations and i i normally do like the ashtanga sequence with them i do it of course very modified uh, of course it's impossible for them to to do anything beyond marichasana well to navasana basically they they do marichasana a and c and then maybe we do some navasana and then normally we do some of the variations at the end but Cut out, of course, you know, Kurmasana, Bhujapidasana, and those those postures. But so none of them, you find none none of them are able to do that. Sorry, none of them are able to do those. Yeah, no, it's impossible. They, most of them have very stiff knees, and so it doesn't make any sense to try to do that. But we do like a a, a steady practice, really focusing on the breath and, and relaxing, not trying right. to perform and be something turning their gaze inward and just really really being present here and now uh, and then we normally do the closing and we do a little meditation at the end uh, and after shavasana sometimes i do a little talk with them where we have like a a topic uh, because mm -hmm. in back in the ring we have some foundation pillars that i right you know I, i'm enormously grateful to the yoga and the method that 
yoga give, which is, of course, the basis for everything we do. Uh, and I introduced them to some japa meditation where they, you know, uh, I give them like a mantra to practice or they, I give them a japa mala and say, hey, when you're in the cell, try this meditation and see how it works for you if you want, you know. And, and some of them really, really enjoy that. Um, and then, but in addition to the kind of yoga practice and, uh, you know, the practice of asana and pranayama, I, uh, I always try to introduce them to, to some philosophy, just some kind of existential inquiry to, you know, what are we yeah. doing here and what did our yeah. life turn into and where are we and where are we going in a way? And the, the kind of main focus that I, I, I have some, we have some pillars in back in the ring that, is very much a, about bringing safety internally because a lot of them are very tense and irritable or are always mm, like caught up mm. in a, a kind of fight or flight mode. And when you are right. always restless inside, it's very hard to turn your gaze inwards and bring about steadiness in the mind because you're so alert on the, on the outside. So, so on I, we kind of... Sorry, if I'm talking too long. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, yeah, it's okay. great. It's but, great. But I, I just mean, wanted I just, to, to say, like, yeah, the, 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 what we talk about is like, I always try to talk to them about some foundation pillars, which basically the first three foundation pillars, what I spend a lot of time on trying to make them land and be more present here and now is, is honesty, you know, honesty, faith, and humility. That's something I, I spend a lot of time on, like uh, their capability of just organizing and understanding their own thoughts, their feelings, mm. uh, what goes on uh, in their mind. Uh, and to kind of, so we do some exercises regarding honesty, some exercises, you know, how much faith are they actually able to, to have in, in themselves, in their process, in, in other things. And then another important element is, of course, humility, because when uh, the thing with, with drug addicts or former uh, inmates is it's, it's, it's very easy to bring about a quick change. Uh, but when things start to go well, then some people lose their humility. They kind of get, right. you know, high on life or high on themselves or just boosted by things that are going well. And that's when a lot of people actually fall and, and fall back into old pattern. And then in, in the second phase, uh, which is the kind of transformative phase, we work a lot on, on you know, topics such as patience, how to develop patience, to, to bring about change takes time. One needs to be very vigilant and alert with kind of how you handle life and what you choose to do every day and how you uh, organize yourself. And then, of course, discipline, like, Tapas is an important element, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Vyasa, tapas. What, what, is their, what, what is their primary struggle? Because I would have thought that you should speed up the sequence to make them more kind of enlivened, but you're saying you teach them quite slowly. Um, yeah. I would have expected well, that they would want to do, I mean, when, when you were saying you would have loved it if someone had come in and taught you Ashtanga and you were doing the push-ups, I think, mm -hmm. and, and I'm knowing you a little bit, you would have wanted some, something quite dynamic, something quite strong. Yeah. To, you know, they don't want that. You're not teaching them kind of, you know, third series arm balances, you know, or you're teaching and, them quite <laughs> something that's, you know, well, you know, you're, no, it seems like you're teaching them something quite yeah. a kind of Hatha yoga style. 
they, they yeah. prefer that. No, no, but you know, in order for them to like just open the door of receptivity, I have to calm them down and I just have to help them lower the guard and relax a bit. So I always open a bit gently, sometimes 10 minutes, only 15 minutes, but always something gentle in the beginning just to make them land and be present here and now. And then sometimes, depending on who is in class, if if there's more of a younger crowd, then, of course, we can do, work in a more swifter pace. And, of course, they love to try some arm balances or something like that. But none of them are really... It's 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 more if I've uh, worked with them for a while. But what for for me, what I've learned is that you can you can really whip people through a practice and and make them feel like great physically and strong. But it doesn't really sink in if you bring about some balance in the nervous system. Uh, and the more I spend time just like preparing them a little bit for class, then uh, the, 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 my experience. They they get a they get more out of it, and uh, so so I have to kind of balance the class with with softness and of course that kind of uh, you know workout which they also uh, like. But in the end, it's always returning to to a soft uh, inner uh, um, steadiness presence of mind. One reason that I mean, obviously, we've talked before, and I really I really like. What you have to say, but I mean, one reason I kind of got in touch again with uh, on this interview is having talked to Taylor about his work, you know, with uh, with addiction. And one thing that really resonated, what really struck me, talking to Taylor was he said the addict is inherently skeptical, they're inherently non, you know, that disbelief, right? There's a great kind of distrust, and you mentioned faith and trying to engender a faith in other things and a faith in oneself. How do you present the practice? to people that are potentially very skeptical of their own ability, why bother doing the practice? What's this tradition? You know, like, how do you present the yoga? I mean, do you talk about Mysore or, you know, how, how does that go? Um, well, for, first of all, I mean, uh, heroin addicts are very different people, like all kinds of people. You could say that, you know, some addicts are very skeptical and they have, uh, they, but but what I have found is like the, the, most of them they're just like totally disconnected, and if you right. can just use if you can just help to connect them with life with breath themselves, then good things start to happen. Um, and the, I work with people in prisons and and of course heroin addicts in a little different way. With the heroin addicts, I I, I have a much softer approach also in the beginning uh, and then i try to make them work you could say progress through the series although very few of them make it you know beyond primary series uh but the, the so, focus oh, one question that comes to mind sorry to break you up alex is is do can you notice then the trends between different people in prison like different you know what was if i can notice trends between different types of people that are in prison. So you can say, well, you know, certain, like, I work with these people in this way and these people that are, you know, struggling with this in this way. Okay, yeah. Well, basically, in people in pr prison, uh, in general, they are more caught up, they have a very hard surface, and some of them are, are tough on the outside, but very helpless and weak uh, on the inside. That's just a 
very broad generalization. And a lot of drug addicts, they, they could could live the okay life in RK, but a lot of them have a lot of shame and guilt. Uh, and they are very kind of more held in, in themselves in a way. That is my experience. So uh, the classes don't vary so much, uh, but with the heroin addicts, I'm usually a little bit more careful with the physical approach because a lot of them are, are weaker and it takes them time to, to build their strength up again. Uh, and, and so with the, with the drug addicts, I'm a little more prone to kind of uh, the gentle yoga approach and then I build them up gradually with you know steady sun salutation and then sun salutation B and then more uh, standing posture things like that but some of the and of course a lot of the heroin addicts love to get back in shape and get strong but there is a general you know a lot of them has a they get uh, fatigued very easily and they, they they kind of they give up very easily so to them it's a, more, a, a little more gentle approach mm. and what do you say i mean what do you say to people that are i mean are they all really up for it when they get into your class are they up for it or do you have to motivate them and how do you do that it depends i mean some people depends on who they are you know like if they, their problem have been, you know, drug addicts are very, you know, not all are heroin addicts. Some are like methamphetamine, a lot of, you know, coke or whatever. And they are a little, you know, very different in their whole nervous system. Uh, but in general, uh, uh, now kind of back in the ring has their own name in the kind of rehab uh, right. institutions and prisons in order so people know about it they know that it's it's challenging they have to work they have to give an effort themselves uh, but it, how we motivate them is basically when we sit down in a floor in a circle and just talk prior to the class or after the class okay that's where as much of the teaching is happening of like building a community of uh, of just helping them to open up and express themselves and uh, create a room uh, where they can be. Uh, and where we also, you know, um, uh, well, I, I feel that a lot of the, the beauty of the, the teachings happen when I'm able to just like help accept them as they are and, you know, give them a space to just be themselves. Mm. Uh, and 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 then good things happen from that and then of course i can be very strict with them sometime and say like okay guys if you want to do this you know we have to you know let's try to uh, set some standards and some principles and please try to show up for the next four or five times so we can experience what this is if you just come once uh, not much yeah. will happen you know but 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 uh, is it just you? I, teaching, I feel that. By the way, no, it's not me. I mean, right. now the beauty of yeah. of back in the ring now is like we have more than twenty people, uh, the teachers all oh around Norway. Right. Okay, and, and a lot of them are former inmates and uh, right. drug addicts. Mm. 
and 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 the best teachers we have in back in the ring is actually former inmates and uh, drug addicts. Well, yeah, uh, because we <laughs> tried imagine. a lot of professional <laughs> teach teachers right. too, which is yeah. like famous, you know, celebrities in Norway or whatever who's doing yeah, yoga. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes they they have a influence, of course, but those who have been there themselves and it kind of felt the pain that a lot of these people have been in and really understood it. They have a different way of reaching across. They have a different ways on, we'll say, come on, guys, let's uh, straighten up our acts and let's try to do something here. And they have a different way of understanding the people's inner problems and turmoil when they get... Uh, sure. How often do they get a class? How often do you go in? It, it depends. And I mean, now Back in the Ring is kind of uh, has an existing program in 25 uh, uh cities or small towns around uh, Norway uh, and in some places like Oslo there's there's uh, four to five classes a week and other places this class is only once a week uh, and then we are also existing in 15 prisons and then some prisons there's only once a week and other prisons it's like uh, twice a week. Do you encourage them to do some self-practice in between and do that do they manage do they manage to do that? Of yeah, definitely. Right. That is the right. whole goal. And we have this Excellent. thing that if you've been to yoga class, you know, uh, 10 times you get a t-shirt. If you've gone 20 times, you get a yoga mat. So <laughs> a lot of them, you know, come at least 20 times. So they get their own yoga mat. Right. And, uh, right. Right. So yeah, yeah we, we the, the whole focus on what we do is trying to encourage people to do that self-practice, even if it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes every day, just with some breathing exercises and some slitation. That, that's yeah. what we're trying to build them up towards to do. That's our main aim. I mean, I've never been to prison, but I mean, I'm, I got into it through, well, through struggling really with, with my own difficulties with anxiety and then self-medicating through alcohol, really. And the main thing I found was, obviously, one, you've got your breathing, but second, you've got a routine. You've got a routine that's there, like a kind of, that sets your day up, right? So... I would imagine. Yeah. And, and this is fundamental that they And got we all need. Like, yeah. And we, we, the, the beauty, I mean, when you're able to introduce uh, a good yoga practice to people who have been caught up in drugs and prison or been disassociated from life, when they feel hooked again and that they are, start feeling connected again, uh, the, the, you know, the, the experience from where they have been is, is, is so solid. Uh, so, you know, some of them who, who really go deeper into it, they don't go back uh, to drugs and prison. Uh, and now about, for the last few years, we've done a bit of a kind of um, analysis. And 50 to 60% of all the people we work with are, are, are doing good now and are staying off the drugs and, mm. and not getting back to prison. So we're kind of happy with that. So it's, it's, it's good <laughs> What's the biggest challenge with it, with, you know, with practice and with keeping up our practice? Can you see one consistent challenge that, that they face? Uh, yeah, one of them is, of course, uh, discipline, because a lot of them, it, 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 you know, they're different personalities. But for some, it is discipline, it is patience, uh, it is kind of consistency uh, for many of them. Um, well, it's no different to us. But for really. some, it's like, 
For, for a lot of the people who have been doing drugs for a long time, they've been caught up in their rituals or cooking and getting their lines lined up. Right, it's just a different ritual. They, they, they like so, a ritual. So it's a yeah. new ritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really yeah. like it. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better better ritual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about you? What's the biggest challenge that you face with it? Um, well, I I feel just immensely grateful for the whole uh, process because since I started this, you know, my life lit up in so many ways, and I I, would, I was blessed in numerable ways. Um, for, first of all, uh, I um, I mean. Uh, it was like I started doing this thing just because I wanted to give something back and I used some of my own savings and brought 10 people to India, took them around Norway, doing various works and stuff like that. But then a, a, a few years later, the, the government started to recognize some of my work and they now they give us some support. Uh, and we are actually able to pay a lot of teachers in Norway to, to work with this and, and keep this uh, place consistency and then i was also so fortunate to found find this old mountain lodge which is uh, uh you know it was an old delirate place up in the mountain where which i kind of did up with a lot of people from you know former inmates and former drug addicts that came to kind of to help me and do it up and now we have this beautiful place so so that i feel infinitely grateful for so and that's uh, when they get to, out to, they can uh, go there yeah, well, we just kind of we offer our services, and for the, whoever wants to come and, and live with us for some time, you know, they can come and live with us, and uh, you know, they help out with doing some work, and they practice yoga with us, and they, uh, you know, they live there, and they try to, you know, they try to develop some new healthy patterns. But the greatest struggle for for me, um, I guess, mm. lately has just been. I'm just been overworked with with so many things, so it's it's hard to keep up with, you know, twenty five town or towns or, or cities around Norway and follow it up properly, and fifteen teachers and having making sure all of the teachers deliver their best, and so it's it, that's it's kind of hard to 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 have a proper overview uh, sometime when it comes to. Teaching myself, uh, I must say that the greatest joy <laughs> I get from teaching is actually teaching uh, inmates and former drug addicts who have really struggled because the the turning point when they actually uh, feel connected to yoga, it, it's so imminent and strong and so enjoyable to see when something new light up in them. Uh, yoga is, of mm. course, you know, pop culture now, and and, and everybody has uh, an idea of how it's going to be, and it's fashionable and all of that. And when things become very trendy, we we kind of get caught up in the ideas and fanciness of things. But to me, they like I like the simplicity of things, and 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 I feel that these people who who didn't really seek out the yoga class, like. These inmates and drug addicts, they didn't really want to come to yoga in the first place, but they were mm. kind of 
uh, tricked into it by us coming to prison <laughs> or to the kind of rehab institution. And when they try it and when we see the changes happening in them, that is kind of the, one of the most enjoyable things um, yeah. I have done. And I it's feel very grateful for that. It's so different to teaching like a regular yoga class, you know, when you kind of, you, then you look on the Instagram and all your students are in Lululemon or whatever, posting handstand pictures of themselves. And, you know, <laughs> and you're teaching these guys, you know, yeah. and they didn't, you know, it's like, they're, they're very much outside the trend of yoga, aren't they? You know, so it is yeah. it, it, yeah, going, yeah. going so, back to the start again, you know, like when. Yeah. It, but, but, but it, it becomes saying something pure and simple, you know, when the, when somebody don't go look for it and then present it with it, and they really felt, wow, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I try this before? Then it's uh, then this is kind of knife proof that uh, this is working. Fantastic. But one thing I would say, like th my greatest uh, challenge with running the pro project now is, of course, having time to, you know, uh, deepen my own studies and in the field of you know psychology and trauma and understanding this whole kind of field of uh, you know the the brutalized and the, the the suffering mind you know i i come from i didn't have a background in psychology or psychiatry my background was just yoga and personal experiences of feeling lost, bewildered, and confused in my youth and uh, up to mid-late uh, 20s. So I, I, I'm just kind of uh, leaning on those past experiences and my the little study I did of yoga, which is like my guiding tool in this. But uh, I also feel I need, I would like to, you know, deepen my study and learning sometimes it's not enough just going by practical experience you need to broaden right. your horizon a bit you know so that's what i was going to say do you use the, other tools like, i mean like did you start in a certain way and have you amended your teaching and not just the physical aspect of it but your whole approach to teaching from the way that you started or the thoughts you had about how you would do it at the start how has that changed oh definitely in the beginning mm. I, I would just try to teach like they did in Mysore, you know, and I had, I was just like, I tried to copy how I saw Guruji or Sharat were doing, you know, and, 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 but then that didn't just feel, I still very much uh, keep a consistency with the counts and f focus on the rhythm of the breath that carries people through the practice, but you know, I, I also trust my intuition. I, I, I try to see people and stop and pause and, and, and feel the presence in the, in the room. And maybe that's something that comes with experience. You know, sometimes you need to, to, to stop and have a laugh or maybe focus on a few things and just, just, just relax. Don't be in a fixed way. I assume you're that's, doing a lead class. That's right. You're doing lead classes, not my sort of style with them. Yeah, 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 lead classes. But we, classes. with the more experienced people, we, we do Mysore style. Uh, we do, definitely. Because I, I feel that is definitely the best uh, way of going deeper into a personal practice. Uh, but, um, but, but, but with, with all the beginners, we always teach lead class. How do you broaden it after that? So they start with this, and then what's the process after they, maybe after they, 
done it for a while and I mean do you introduce more like do you introduce any pranayama or philosophy and then when they get out like you said you mentioned your the uh, what you called 40 towers before your hotel in the mountains um but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but 40 how, towers how, and how, towers of Norway yeah 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 what's the oh, that's a great show um what's the uh, what's the process over time with this I mean some of them become teachers I mean how do this get supported yeah, a lot of the people who've been to prison, we we given uh, an opportunity to say, look, if you want to, uh, you know, get a break and kind of build up your life again and do something different and bring a new environment, you're welcome to come and stay with us at Nursen. Uh, and and then they come, uh, and and for that we don't really get any support from the government, but they. You know, they help us a bit with the daily duties and tasks at Nursen. Uh, and there's... So you have guests there? Do you have paying guests there? Oh, yeah. We have paying guests of like uh, high end, west end of uh, Oslo oh, sometimes, God. you know. So sometimes there's some kind of snooty ladies looking at these kind of crooked ex heroin addicts staying in the bar serving coffee. So, but... You know, the funny thing is that it's a very, nursing is just a beautiful place for, you know, tolerance of mix of people. A lot of people who come to nursing say they talk for times like, my God, I'm in the same room as an inmate or an ex-heroin addict. They feel like, oh, because they have seen them on television or, you know, some of them have been on, you know, in media for something. Oh, really? Uh, but then after, after some time, they... It's always a very good um, experience and a very good meeting because it's, the, it's room to be as you are. Don't try to pretend. Don't be any different as you are. And a lot of people are just longing to to be. And one 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 very kind of uh, quite wealthy woman from Oslo who had spent a lot of time walking in in, in uh, visiting various hotels. He said. I really like coming to Nursen because there I could walk in my pajamas all day and nobody would even notice. <laughs> so they kind of. I didn't realize it's a regular they, they, hotel. They, it's a place but like. but the, the inmates are kind of helping out at it, right? Yes. The, uh, to answer your questions, like when an inmate is really. Some, some of the inmates we have been working with, it, we give them the opportunity to come to Nursen. And to simply spend three to six months there. Some people spend like three, four years there. We had people spend like four years oh, wow. in us. And, and, uh, and, and, and then, you know, some of them move on. They get a job somewhere. They fall in love with somebody maybe who come to us and they meet. And then they, well, they, coming, they, they move it's, on it's, with their life. It looks, looks wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm certainly coming. I, it would be great. You, you're more than welcome to, and we'd love to to, to host you, and then you can have a workshop also if you like. But, in, but I, it, I must also say, I, I would like to say, Adam, that you know, uh, also it's very, very challenging sometimes having a, a group of you know ex drug addicts or some inmates at nursing. Some of them are, most of them are doing a fabulous time. But some of them also, they had HDHD disorders and they have various diagnoses. And some of them have never worked before. Right. And when we have like, you know, 
we always, everybody have to help out for like five to six hours a day with various chores and try to do, just do something. And, 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 and of course, when, when, when some people are not so motivated to work and they, they, they are, whatever duty and responsibilities they are given, uh, they, they do it with a, you know, lack of awareness. Then sometimes it can be a little, tiring in the following up uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be very <laughs> diplomatic and polite about it all. yeah <laughs> but and, yeah. and some but you know we have like we have weekly meetings for the back in the ring people said nurse and then we always try to sit down and, and talk uh, in a group once to once or twice a week and and discuss things and uh, you know debate things and, and try to help people understand very clearly the principles that we stand for we have classes on the bhagavad gita every day or some yoga philosophy every day and we make them prepare also like we give them the task to 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 inquire into topics such as dharma what is dharma what is karma yoga gnana yoga bhakti yoga etc and are they giving it a chapter from the yoga sutras or bhagavad gita and try to present uh, certain of the things that is in there and that also help them to to focus and to learn uh, the yoga philosophy a little better do you have you uh, i suppose something or maybe it's difficult to kind of phrase this question correctly but at, at any points have you have you felt to yourself is it a difficulty knowing the crimes that people have committed and you feel you're rehabilitating them you're, you're offering them yoga you're offering them you know have you ever felt a discrepancy between yourself and feeling that, you know, any kind of difficulty of, or has it always been simply that love flowing from you to, to them? No, de definitely. No. I mean, I mean I, to, to speak honestly as such, you know, like obviously they're in there for terrible crimes and we're offering them something that's very, very beautiful. But I mean, there's got to be punishment as well and, and you know, to a certain degree, right? Uh, well, to be, to be honest, you know, like, of course, I try my best not, I don't want to know the crimes that they have done because I feel it affects my whole kind of, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. when they are released from prison, they, they always tell, before they come to nursing, they have to tell me everything right? Uh, and I sit down with them and, and, and stuff. But prior to their release, sometimes I, I don't want to know uh, uh, unless it's something, someone who's in there for a, you know, a uh, very long time and they, they're known in the press or whatever, then then I, I don't really know about it and I don't want to know about it because uh, it, it kind of affects our whole relationship. But uh, of course, I have worked with people who are pedophile, people mm. who have done triple murders, people who've done serious rape. Uh, and and of course, it's, it's hard, but... Uh, as long as they come to yoga class and as long as they are willing to, I see that sincerity in them, that they want to, to bring about change, then, then I, I, my duty is to stand there with open arms and just embrace them. And I try to do that. But of course, sometimes I am affected by the seriousness of their crime because right. some people have been in prison for 20 years and then they're released and suddenly they want to come to nursing and hang out there and of course I, I have a have to be careful that these people are really mature and they are fit for that because we ha have our responsibility towards other guests that's come 
we're taking a wild chance by offering some of these people to stay and live with us at Nursen. And uh, for, for normal people, that is just crazy. You know, you're not supposed to live in a house where, where there's extra addicts and, and, and inmates. But, uh, and, and, and I mean, some of them, they, they stayed in a house outside of Nursen, you know, just uh, right next door. But, but still, they are there and they're working with, with they meet all our guests uh, all the time. But, but for me, I, I, I believe in the, giving people a second chance because I, I was giving a second chance. Mm. I, I never killed anybody or raped anybody <laughs> or did anything serious. But I, I was, uh, you know, I, 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 unfortunately, I, 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 I beat quite a few people up in my youth. I, uh, <laughs> I, I stole a lot of things. I was a thief. I, I, I blew up a lot of safes. Uh, I, I, I was very close to doing a few armed robberies, but luckily I didn't. Um, and I know how easily it is to to lose your mind in in various silly patterns. And mm -hmm. when when somebody give you a hand and uh, and if you're ready to make a change, uh, then 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 it it's just wonderful to take that opportunity. And I was given that opportunity with yoga, and I, I feel just very very uh, uh, grateful and privileged to to. To bring about service uh, through, uh, you know, uh, humanity or whatever to yoga. Although, you know, it's not me. I can't say that I am doing something great because I'm still lost, bewildered, and confused in my mind, and I got sidetracked and then caught up in my selfish patterns. And sometimes I argue with my wife and all of these things. But <laughs> the beauty of of yoga when it's good and we can, you know, put our selfish patterns aside, there is a refined element. That, that work within us and transform us and lift us up. Uh, and if you can lift people up who is drowning, that, it, it, that shows the strength of yoga. Has it changed your viewpoint of yoga at all? Or maybe pragmatized it? Because I know you were very, let's say, high-end at one point. I, you know, I'm very, very scholarly with the yoga, right? Your reputation for yoga philosophy you know, on a big scale. I mean, it, this seems a very, very different kind of Alex, a very much more down-to-earth and pragmatic take on the yoga. Has it changed your view or your presentation in your own mind of what you're doing here now? Well, to, to me, you know, yoga is not a, a form. Yoga is not just one method. Yoga is life. And yoga is like trying to open up to life in the things that we do. Uh, and, and we need to be flexible with life. If we become stiff and rigid, we get lost in our own patterning and we end up confused and bewildered. So my patterns of teaching has, has definitely changed from being very <laughs> rigid and stiff and a little arrogant from when you know a little bit, you think you know it all, you know. And it, it, I, I've just learned that how, how important it is to be just open to and flexible to, to, to the moment and to see people from where they are rather than to fit people into categories or boxes or norms and, you know, have all these preconceptions. Uh, to me, with teaching now more and more, I, I, I try to listen and, and I try to see people and I try to understand people uh, 
and 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 I don't you know care one diddly bit about how I look or what I say <laughs> who I am I try more to really just listen and uh, to other people in 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 that um you know moment there there is a presence and when we tune ourselves into to steadiness there there is a clarity that is brought about uh, which is very supporting to uh, how to teach a class uh, and I, I don't feel there is a fixed way of teaching anymore i think you know uh, to me yoga is every moment uh, of the day and learning to embrace that moment with with, with steadiness and you're still teaching the ashtanga system right so you're teaching the i mean I'm assuming that you're not saying, I'll do what you fancy now. Like, oh, you like that one, do that no, one. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm a very, yeah. I mean, part of me is very much a traditionalist. You yeah, know? I, 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 have, so. I'm, yeah. I, I, I have been, it's just part of my DNA because that's the way I was uh, taught and trained. <laughs> but, but I'm also flexible for, like now I have a greater appreciation for other styles of yoga. Before I thought Ashtanga was always the best. And yeah. now I'm more interested in wanting to explore okay. and understand other styles. Because I believe that yoga is, is in everything. You know, I think uh, whatever you do uh, in your profession or being an athlete or being a, a mother, you know, there's, there's an element of yoga and that element of yoga in daily life is much more interesting to me than just the form and the norm of it. Do you think that the whole experience has changed you much personally? The experience of yoga or experience with working? Well, I'm not talking about <laughs> no, the experience of what you've been doing, the experience of teaching oh. the inmates. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that would be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. First of all, it gave me. I think the when I was teaching workshops uh, abroad and things like that, it was always satisfying. Uh, but teaching yoga to inmates and people in prison gave me a deeper sense of meaning and, and right. connectedness with people, and it started to kind of remind me. Uh, how how easily it is to slip and slide and get lost and sidetracked in life, uh, and, and 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 so to me maybe it has changed my understanding for people uh, and learning to embrace uh, change and 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 first and foremost you know uh, that my empathy for other people have become a lot stronger. Unfortunately, that wasn't my strongest side before, <laughs> which is sad to admit, but... <laughs> but there are two, it's brought out a greater honesty in you, and, and, and that's, that's fantastic, you know? Um, yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, warm and com warmth and compassion towards other people, that's, that's, there's so much strength that comes from that. When we, yeah. we make more time really trying to understand others and inquiring to their ideas and their concept something in us expands and awakens when we are just like defending our own view and being caught up in ourselves, our ego mechanisms then it's so easy to get lost and end up lonely and th that's probably the the greatest thing that i've seen with giving this back to the inmates and 
guys in prisons that uh, there is a there's new perspectives that develop that that lift us up and bring about a positive change and give hope. What can you see is the most successful element of the practice in re, in you know in kind of changing their perspective? Or who can you see, uh, who, succe- succe- who who succeeds and and why? Is there a, a, a element of devotion that, that you can you can kind of see in the practice, or is it the vinyasa account, or you know? Is there no, no, can... no. I think that the the successful element is those yeah. who take personal responsibility for the practice, and the 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 people who is really willing to put their head on the kind of chopping block and to recognize how they are lost and how they are have. You know, those are the people who, who who show humility and 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 they can see uh, how they that 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 I myself as an individual are responsible for everything that has happened to me. There's nobody else. So you know, taking right. personal responsibility. Those those are the people who succeed uh, the best uh, in our programs. And that's our, our very focus also to try to facilitate that uh, personal responsibility and, and doership uh, and, and how everybody has to take responsibility for, for their own action. And of course, we integrate a lot of you know, philosophy from the Bhagavad Gita and you know, uh, from yeah, classical yoga philosophy mm-hmm. in that very aspect see how we're all caught up in patterns and but something remains steady uh, inside something remains this internal observer and how do we bring about polish that and uh, and they can see that you 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 find that when you present that they can grasp that immediately and no we have to of course support it with a lot of yoga philosophy without the yoga philosophy it just becomes a physical practice that make gives them a feel good factor uh, but I believe it, the yoga philosophy is very, very important, and we couldn't have done the work right. we could without that support from the yoga philosophy, because then it would have just been like a physical practice to to feel good, and you know, yeah. Should we leave it there, or do you have anything particular else you'd like to end with? No, there's so much. It's just really nice talking to you, Adam. <laughs> it's a, it's 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 hard to. You know, to to yeah. to come. Just there's a there's many many stories and many. Yeah, things I'm sure. I'm sure. The, but generally, I can't believe. I mean, one of the things I'm going to say at the end is like I can't believe nothing's gone badly wrong. Like with with this. I mean, when you're reflecting on running the hotel with the inmates, I'm just kind of amazed that you're doing this and it's and it's successful in the way it has been. I must say that uh, Adam, like our work hasn't all been success stories. There's people no. we have worked. Yeah that has relapsed seriously and got it back in drugs. And, 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 and the sad thing is that, you know, that is part of our journey. And, and unfortunately, there's some people that we work with, they've done a fantastic job and they ended up as yoga teacher and still some of them slipped back into drugs, you know. And the, the hard thing was not when they were down and difficult and to turn them around, that was easier, is to kind of, to keep the humility with life when things started to really go well, 
Uh, it's like when people get, and that's a general problem of life. We get too mm-hmm. caught up in ourselves, uh, wanting to be somebody, uh, living an image or whatever. And then sometimes we just, you know, before we know it, we're, you know, we we drink a few beers again, and we we smoke a few joints, and then you sniff a few lines, and then <laughs> if you pop a few pills, and then boom, it's so like the turmoil is back. <laughs> and let's face it, some people have a very, you know, serious uh, addiction pattern, and other people, uh, the change comes yeah. a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And And some people are seriously traumatized, and other people are not. And so, you know, it's very different how how people respond to it and but one thing i must say is like yeah. we uh, the teachers in back in the ring particularly me i've learned so much you know working with this over the last 10 years I I, yeah I, I i i instead of having a fixed idea of how you want things to be or how yeah. people are supposed to progress and improve you have to see people for what they are and let they come, them come in their own time. Mm. You know, it's all about the personal responsibility. And if you can give that to people and lift them up by that, then, then the work start to happen. And then the yeah. change may eventually come. Just not having kind of clear ideas about what you're going to give them as such. Right? No, you can, you can have all the pre-concept yeah. <laughs> and yeah. ideas and belief of how you want life to be, but it never really turned out that way. So, you know, being flexible and steady and, and really, to me, yoga is, is steadiness. It's building a, a steadiness within our life, within our mind, within our, um, yeah. I've got, a final que- I've got a final question for you, Alex. You've done so many things and you've had so many incarnations over all the years and you're someone who really fascinates me personally. What is the next one? Where, you see, where do you see yourself going next? What are you going to do next to surprise <laughs> everyone to surprise well, <laughs> for the next time? Something the opposite, the opposite again. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest with you, like right now I'm in the middle of seven series. I have a two-year-old <laughs> at home and we have also my wife have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old before so that's it's kind of hard work but i wouldn't mind getting another uh you know one or two more children that is just so beautiful uh, oh and, and that God. is like oscar has, has taught me so much and, and to me it's that is something truly beautiful uh like my wife is 42 now i don't know if she can handle it but that's something i'm trying to <laughs> persuade her to <laughs> but uh, the next uh, level as far as career wise or yoga wise i don't really have any i, I just want to try to like nursing I, I want to give it another 10 15 years and develop the place as good as i can and then give it over to somebody else who can uh, run it and uh, try to let that kind of uh, services and the legacy we have there uh, move on um, and then i think I would really like to spend some more time going back into more Sanskrit studies and some writing. Uh, but, you know, life, uh, <laughs> when you get caught up in all these things, like the days has its limits and it's, uh, I, I end up, I, I feel I, I end up uh, doing a lot of stuff half-heartedly rather than as, as thoroughly as I would like to do.
but I would one thing there's always a longing to there's there's certainly a longing to go deeper into some study of philosophy and some study okay, of still there for you. sciences and partic particularly psychology and you know um, yeah just the kind of the human mind it fascinates me But then there's also a time to relax in life, you know, and like I'm I'm 52 years old now, 52 years old. I'm very grateful for life and I feel yoga has has given me everything. Uh, yoga has lifted me up and transformed me and and just uh gave me my life back again. So I just want to be of some kind of service to yoga in whatever way I can and if if people if I can be that, I'm more than happy. I don't uh, I don't need anything else. It's nice. I usually ask, um, what do you like to do outside yoga? But I think you're taken up enough. Outside of yoga? Well, I, 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 I like, I live in the mountains. So I like walking in the mountains. I, I, you know, a lot of people say when you're a yoga practitioner, oh, you can't do any sports. You can't. I love doing sports. <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, I, I I love cycling. I love uh, cross country skiing. I love alpine skiing. So so that is that really gives me a lot of joy. Uh, playful activities uh, makes me young and playful. Uh, just and of course, I have my daily yoga practice, which I really enjoy uh, and uh, I feel very grateful for. Uh, but of course, it's not as good and sharp as it used to be. And 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 for so that's if it was, I'd probably be more on Instagram and uh, yeah. post more pictures. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, that's the thing. But it's still it? very <laughs> satisfying <laughs> me mentally. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to you again, and um, I look forward to a third one soon with you. All right. Thanks, Alex. Anytime, Adam. Very nice. Thank you for the conversation.